0: so while we love exploring varied views and get a buzz from a healthy debate, by no means is this a one-sided forum for any one political view. So please listen up and enjoy The Politics This is of episode everything. six of The Politics of Everything. I'm in conversation with Emma Franklin-Bell, an author an artist, entrepreneur and fellow podcaster who co-hosts the Ladies' Lounge podcast. Emma spent two decades in the performing arts industry before opening her own dance studios, mentoring studio owners in business strategy, and writing a book, How to Run a Preschool Dance Studio. Fast forward to today, Emma is the founder of the Beautiful Business Academy. The BBA has a focus on developing female creative leaders through programs that focus on training women in book writing, course creation, and media and performance skills training. Welcoming Emma here, she is discussing the politics of business creativity hello
1: hey Anna. thanks thanks for that thanks for having me on the show
0: it's great pleasure pleasure big shoes to fill seeing you're a podcasting queen and i'm a newbie
1: but i'm really happy to have you here today yeah no it's it's great i love the medium of podcasting and um, i'm so excited that you've jumped on board so, it was great. In,
0: indeed. So, I mean, you know, going a little back a little bit, mm. um, you clearly have a sense of the stage performer which comes into your business practice. I've seen you speak. I've been on your podcast. I, I've met you. So, your presence has a real bit of theatre to it. So, why is creativity so valuable to the way that you do business?
1: Well, Look, I, I do think there's there's several several things, and I read something just recently which Big Think put out, which was um, about intellectual capitalism, about the jobs of the future, and the um, the top three that were on that list that this th- theoretical physicist talked about was um, creativity, imagination. And leadership. So when we're talking about what's going to happen in the future and where things might go, this is what people are looking at. Um, and I suppose that'll be because of automation and these other things. So therefore intellectual capitalism is kind of getting it out and about and I, I just think that's fascinating. So for me bringing it so it's kind of macro but bringing it to me and talking about creativity here, I really think that a person's creativity uh, is what will move them from being you know a bland business to to being a um a standout and I suppose I use the term beautiful, a beautiful and we'll talk about why. but uh, a beautiful business that then connects with your tribe um because they're connecting to your creative output that you're putting out into the world but I mean in in practical terms being being creative is about being creative in your content in your ideas in the opportunities that you open yourselves up you know that you open yourself up to and in the way that you deliver your products or services. And I think also because sometimes people say, oh, but you're creative because of the performing arts and because you're an artist and things, but I don't see creativity as being artistic so much as being um, very kind of uh, sort of self-navigating and very open, seeing things in new ways, cross-pollinating ideas from other industries, you know, getting into your liberal arts books a bit, looking at history, you know, and bringing things back in a modern twist or like whatever – Yeah, exactly. I think creativity can come from
0: various sources and what I'm hearing is it doesn't have to be, well, I'm not great at singing or painting or those traditional forms of, if you like, art, what we think we go to art school for. But I see even in the corporates I work with, creativity is what makes businesses, like you say, stand out. Mm. They get a tribe. They get known for that more than necessarily what they produce and I think, you know, there's lots of big organisations who do that really well I guess for you you know you've obviously tread the path of working as a professional in the arts sector so what Mm. did that teach you about how to overcome setbacks because that's an industry which is known for lots of rejections and you don't Mm. get every audition right and you don't always get public success but when you do obviously it's very sweet Mm. how did it prepare you for what was to be your path ahead
1: Oh yeah, well there were a few things. I mean, I um did, you know, elite classical ballet training to a really high level and was training full-time at 15 and and all of that with some um some great Australian ballet um, you know, professionals and Wow, I mean I suppose it taught me a few things. I mean it taught me definitely the stuff around the show must go on kind of thing. The um in terms of setbacks that um you have to absolutely you know keep going, you have to you have to push on. So it's kind of like, you know, no getting out of it if you you know you got a bit of a headache or um you, you know something it's 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 very that it, it is about the pursuit of the work um and the pursuit of of the project that we're all pulling together to do um and so you know one's kind of um you know petty problems or something um aren't really your individual
0: circumstances can't stop
1: the uh the the,
0: the live performance happening i guess teamwork comes into that and that collaboration idea that you it's just not really about you
1: Yes, so the, te- the, te- yeah, exactly. It's not about you. It is about the work, um, the, the team coming together. It's, it's also when you analyze it, it's also about that focus on the process over the outcome. So you might know that you, um, you know, are performing or if you're, um, teaching, teaching dancers, you know, or, um, training any, any artists in your, so I was teaching ballet students, uh, as well, that to focus on the process. So focusing in the rehearsal, you know, focusing on the craft, the technique, the, the evolution of, of that. Um, and then when you come to the rehearsal, it's, it's kind of this end result of all this um, fantastic work that you've been sowing the seeds of along the way. And um, so, so focusing on process versus outcome uh, has been something in, in business that I've carried. Um, and that really helps, again, with, with challenges and setbacks because you just kind of stay in, in the kind of um, in the trenches with it.
0: Yes, I'm sure, I'm sure it sort of prepares your mindset. So thinking a little bit about that transition from dancer, dance studio owner, author, podcaster, and now you're in that female leadership space with BBA. Mm. You obviously had challenges and the business world is different to the performing arts in many ways, but you've made that leap and successfully. So any top tips to share with other like-minded people?
1: Well, yeah, I think this is when I was thinking about this, I I was thinking that this is where the leadership piece does come into it because I noticed a common theme. So if you are running studios, teaching, uh, leading teachers, leading the studio and dancers, or if you are doing your own book, like you've done your own book, um, you are stepping into a leadership piece, a piece of authority there where you're talking about your ideas, you're talking about views, you're talking about thoughts, and they're yours. Podcasting is the same. You're stepping into that leadership role. Um, even though the, you're the conduit of information, you, you, you want to be a strong interviewer, you want to draw out the wisdom from guests, and you also are thinking about the listener and their needs. So across all of those things, leading... I was I was sort of edging into all of those roles into that leadership role. So to me, which isn't about enabling and serving because you're enabling um, people and teams to do things, and you're also serving an end customer. So you so you're giving of yourself. so you're giving of yourself a lot to your work, your creativity. And so as a result, I see that as leadership. and in those areas, podcasting books dance you know for me all of those are what I term as creative leadership because I'm drawing on my creative ideas to move the project forward
0: absolutely and I think that's that's a powerful kind of theme in what what you're sharing and what your manifesto is if you like Mm -hmm. so thinking about I've read your book your beautiful business which you've Gift is a free download and obviously Mm. there's a printed version as well. This particular book, how did it come to be? And obviously the word beautiful is a theme in your book and your business and everything you do. So Mm. can you tell us first of all, I guess, how the book kind of came to be and that idea of the beautiful in business?
1: Yes. Okay. So the um, the idea for the book came because those three words – arrived somehow to me I don't know how just on a Sunday afternoon or something those three words simplify beautify and amplify which um, are in the book and in the action plan and so I thought oh I really like those three words and I'm feeling that there's some kind of sort of three step sort of process to those words. And so then I started playing around and I um I wrote the book over, you know, a few weekends. And um Is that all most people it takes a lot longer than that. Yeah, I know, I know. I just um yeah, I had I had this idea and it just yeah, it was quite it was quite quick and then it was um, this this piece about, you know, about the essence and that if you simplify things, you can more easily and quickly get to what you're really all about because I think quite often people, you know, they're a little, they can fall into, you know, um, doing things similar similarly to, to to other people in that industry and so again um again it's the creativity so trying to get to the essence thing so and the beautiful thing was um as well as loving alliteration <laughs> so, i can
0: sense that the so, i'm
1: surprised it wasn't somehow
0: bbb but i know, know like, yeah okay. it.
1: yeah it's a beautiful business um the alliteration there it was that um the um that I had actually I had interviewed this woman who is um a PhD candidate in um in Queensland and she Libby Sander and um and she was doing all this work about spaces um uh, and the impact they have um on the environment, you know, on the workers, so the working environment when they go in, how how a space and what's in it and the way that it is affects us. And she did quite a lot of uh, look as well at awe-inspiring um, spaces and um, places that we would all term as kind of beautiful. And what's interesting is that when they did studies, they they could see that when people were in these beautiful spaces and that there was a sense of beauty around them, um, that their, their physiology changed. You know, they they relaxed and all of these other things and. I just, I see this connection with things of beauty to be quite, quite deeply spiritual. You know, if you go somewhere and you look out and it's beautiful or you're in some room and it's just, there's something about you, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I mean, I feel like that when I go to a beautiful, say,
0: hotel for a weekend away and it's just, Luxury or the lighting Mm -hmm. is great. And so I think, yeah, I think you're playing with some powerful themes, which would transfer not just from the entrepreneurial level, but obviously in big business too, where they're always looking for. Often more productivity, but within that more creativity and collaboration. And you've know, a lot of workplaces now are, mm. um, you know, they've even moved away from open plan. They're saying that's not necessarily working, but they're making people have more fluidity in the way they work and, and, and the spaces they're in, but they're adding, you know, amazing features or bars or breakout rooms that are kind of you know you want to be there you don't think oh my goodness get me out of these fluorescent fluorescent lights to to go outside you're kind of happy to be there
1: yeah and so you're so much more effective so much more effective you are yeah i mean it
0: sounds superficial but then it's not really because it's so important our environment and um we we do tend to thrive in some and not in others and i suppose pivoting into the idea that you know simplifying and unearthing truth the powerful friends in i guess what's really a cluttered busy loud landscape that we're working in these days where there's a lot more fast-paced activity we're working longer hours and we're kind of expected to be connected a lot more. Some some people say twenty-four seven. Mm-hmm. So how do you make sure that you use those themes that you talk about, simplify, beautify, and amplify in your
1: own life? Yeah, well it is it is uh very important to me and that's why I wrote uh the book. And so on a day to day or a week to week sort of level, um in terms of simplifying, I am a minimalist. I, I really, I really don't have all that many things. Um, I like clear spaces. You know, I like clear spaces, um, and I, I do a lot of decluttering. You know, so every. Um, you know, at least every 90 days, if not more, I will go through and I will declutter, you know, cupboards and all of this. So it's this constant, you know, and I have my, I talk about it in the book, you know, it'll be to the charity or to the bin or to a friend. um, And so it's this constant decluttering. So minimalism and sort of that that is just the space I'm in at, at the moment. Also is simplifying boundaries, you know, so I'm very big on, on on boundaries around time and energy management. So um so that so that I'm not, you know, tired or resentful of spending too long um out somewhere or doing something so so that one and then ninety day goals. So with ninety day goals.
0: Yes, yeah, so talk to, talk to me yeah. about that. I mean I've heard a lot of Successful leaders and I've incorporated in my business too. We have, I have 90 day plans of what I yeah. want to achieve because I yeah. think the five year plan is a little bit too lofty and um, yeah. can't think that far ahead, but 90 days seems manageable. So often. Mm projects for me if they don't not a priority in that 90 days i don't even think or look at them yes so how do you do that on a regular basis
1: yeah i've always loved the quarterly the quarterly goal so just at the beginning of every of every quarter so in that um first couple of days of jan um and then the first couple of days of april and so on um, i will i will look at the next 90 days and yes bring into my awareness the focus for that 90 days and there's usually you know about three chunky ones um per month um and and then in some months it might be like wow okay if I'm building a website or something that'll be one goal and that might extend over two months um, and then I'll just yeah slot slot other goals in that I can see are going to happen in this ninety days, but no more than about you know between six and nine you know at a max three per month. Yeah. So and that
0: yeah. does sound like that could even sometimes be too much depending on yes. how big the project was yeah, and, and the depends. hours involved. Yeah. And I suppose yeah. within that, do you schedule in your downtime? Do you schedule an exercise? Do you schedule in weekends away? Because I think a lot of entrepreneurs burn out because they do feel that need to be always creating and and on the business. You obviously have to be at your best to do that.
1: That's right. So at the end of the 90 days, I always go away for three to four days. Um, So you get a bit of crossover between the end of that 90 days and the start of the new one. Um, so I will go away for rejuvenation and, um, where I don't do any technology or anything. Um, I'm just going to do that this weekend. Actually, I've brought it forward a month and I'm going to do it at the end of next month because I've just had a lot on. So I felt like I've needed <laughs> an extra. Yeah, go off the grid for a while. And, yeah, um, go off the grid. Yeah. So, um. Them, eh? Yeah, yeah, but so in terms of, so that's how I bookend kind of the quarterly, the quarterlies. But in terms of the actual goal, goals, no, those goals for me, for me, they're just, uh, focused on what I want to do or need to do in that 90 days. And then, um, in my kind of weekly routine is when I'm, when I'm doing, um, you know, recharge kind of activity, which is kind of, you know, in that beautify aspect, you know, kind of baths and meditation. And, um, you know, I, I manage to do those on a weekly basis. Um I'll go to a gallery, I'll go to a play, I'll, I'll watch a film that I find stimulating. So those things are it's kind of you know beautifying my mind well, they feed your
0: soul as well don't, yes. don't they and i suppose from that with that last aspect of amplify what yes. does that exactly mean for you yes
1: well there's there's amplify kind of personally and there's amplify on an, in an external kind of business sense with with doing that personally that is where you um, have for example those goals and posters on your walls around you or on the front of your your journal if you have a journal um, also how if you're in a mastermind of any kind you would you would share. Uh, certain goals or certain things that you want to achieve in terms of um, business with those accountability partners so you're sort of amplifying your ideas out further than you, and then in terms of a business sense, obviously um, amplifying means a consistent consistent amplification of your work so that is doing you know doing doing your weekly newsletter, your weekly podcast your, your social media every day but that's yeah that's on a sort of a more commercial Level. Level, yeah, yes. that
0: makes sense. So you yes. sort of divide it into two, which I think is really sensible.
1: Yeah. So with your
0: newest venture, mm. the Beautiful Business Academy, mm. who are you really aiming to work with there and how is it kind of different from the other? There's lots of like online yes. leadership programs that women can access and the, the female entrepreneur space is particularly crowded, I'm finding. So how, yes. what are you doing to do, to do this differently and who are you really focused on in this?
1: Yeah, so this is focused on women who do – uh, sort of feel a call to lead in their business. Um, it is it is for women who are predominantly in the education, training, information, or marketing. So, so where they're where they're creating, you know, projects or seminars or or workshops or programs based on their their kind of their knowledge, their IP, um, rather than product based businesses. Um, for this, for this particular, um, for for the BBA, where it's where it's going, because the the focus here is that they are drawing on their creativity to then write books and programs and other other material. So, sure. in terms So, with the
0: with, yeah. with the book side of things, you you just jump into that. Yes. I mean, you're very focused on helping facilitate. Mm the book writing process, not everyone's a fantastic or natural author. Mm -hmm. So even though they all say we've got a book in there somewhere, how do you actually get that into a systemized format so that people respond to it and actually feel like they can achieve it?
1: Oh, well, yes. Well, when they follow the program Manuscript Mastery, which is my signature program that I'm launching soon next month, what we do is we do follow a very um, sort of a very deep very deep process for the first 4 weeks and then the next 4 weeks we work collectively and actually uh, get in and actually do it which is based on national novel writing month which is where you actually kind of hothouse together and you actually do do the work but in terms of Yes, yeah, so there is a bit of a prerequisite. So you have to be a writer of some form. So with with women that I work with in business, it, you know, even when I was doing dance studio mentoring and that that it, it's not really for the beginner, beginner, beginner. Um, it is for People who do write, you know, they might even write a weekly newsletter and that's it, or they might have dabbled yeah, around so they with They might a have blog. a blog, or they yeah. might have, I understand.
0: So they're yeah. sort of on the journey, yeah. they're sort of not at that early no. pre launch phase. No. They're looking to add on to what they're yeah, doing already. And they,
1: they know a fair bit about writing. Already, you know they know the basics. So yes, so the basics aren't there. So we dive into things around, you know, your reader, your signature story, you know, your writer's voice. So we go, we go right through a process so that you're creating a book that's um, quite strategic, but also doing the creativity aspect. We're tapping into making it unique and your voice is threaded right through it um, and the development of that. So you have to be of a certain level and then we hothouse and you do your full first manuscript, you know, your 30,000 words and then we talk about editing and publishing.
0: Right, and so how long would that take? on? Like, how long are you hoping that each person will be doing this for? I mean, the the academy does.
1: Yes, an eight week program. Yeah, four weeks of theory, but fun theory because you know me and my way of operating is fun. So, um, so it's four weeks of theory, fun. Um, fun theory, everybody. Fun theory, one modular the thing, apparently. week apparently. Yeah, yeah, one modular week, and then four weeks of of uh. Of actually writing, but even in that four weeks, we do actually do a lot of writing. You write your signature stories, you lay out a whole heap of your book, you know. So, it's going to be it's going to be fun and interesting, and so that's what's different. the The, the difference is that um, these female entrepreneurs are called to leadership. You know, they're called to lead, and they want to do it in a creative way. They want to feel open to be really expressive of their own ideas and um, experiment with with uh, their ideas and not feel feel limited. So we just we're creating open spaces, open space for that to happen.
0: Oh, well, that sounds absolutely perfect. I can think of lots of women who would benefit from that. Mm. So, with uh, your podcast, The Ladies Lounge, mm. you launched that with a friend of yours, Anna Massey, who also is an entrepreneur. And to date, you've had over ten thousand downloads, and that's in about a year. Is that right? Since it's you've launched?
1: It's in about um, so so in late July we started. So from about August was was when it was so yeah, less than a year, which is very yeah, impressive. So, how did this project come together? Um
0: well how did you get that podcast going?
1: Yeah well we were we have been mates for a while and then we um we originally we wanted to do events because uh I was doing one to one mentoring and in in the dance still in the dance space and crossing over a bit into broadening out with female entrepreneurs and um and Anna was doing she was doing some transitional coaching with people from career from um, corporate I think to business and um so I said, okay, so we could do events and we could have people come to these events and run workshops. And she said, no, um, why don't we do a podcast instead? And I sort of initially thought, oh no, the tech and all of these other things. Oh, I've oh. just been through that. I feel that, I feel that barrier that you would have felt initially. But yes, um, that's right. you triumphed over that. Yes, that's right. And so we came up with the idea on her lounge. Um, we tossed around these different ideas and then I think, you know, I think I said, oh, what about the ladies' lounge or something? And, and we just said, all right, let's run with it. And she ran off and got some guests and um, and I said, all right, I'll work out the tech. And I had a couple of um, friends who had podcasts already, so I asked them some things and, and the rest I sort of pieced together and she pieced together these guests and um, we decided to – we interviewed about um, – fi- we interviewed 50 guests in three months. That's amazing. Batching. You've, you've taught me the world of batching. Yes. 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 So you we, didn't – you, did you launch with a couple and then you got yes. one a week? That's yeah. kind of your – We format. launched with three. Um, a friend of mine, Adam Franklin, who's a great podcaster, he said, yeah, look, launch with three so that when they open the iTunes podcast app, there's three in there. So it took that bit of advice and then we um, had the idea that we would drip feed once a week at Monday at 9 a.m and um and that was great and one little rookie error was that we were so excited and all into it that we we did interview far too many people <laughs> and the batching was far too much i mean we interviewed you for example on monday you, you overbatched <laughs> we overbatched yeah cuz yours will be um you know it's about 2 months from your yes which, which
0: the, is about the, what i'm doing as well so i think we were five if, months you, if you done 50 odd yeah you we would have yeah, worth we
1: did five months, and we thought, yeah, we had a year. We had a year's worth, and we thought we can't do that because people just people might have gone out of business or anything. So we well, ended up could have
0: happened, I guess. I Yes, indeed.
1: so we ended up re- releasing two over the summer. Um, so for the months, I think of December, January, we re- released two a week um, to to catch up and you know but we had some fantastic wins in the beginning within 4 weeks you know we had mark Burris. and then once you get a big name like that you you can spin off because you have him you have that sort of um credibility then and so then when you approach someone else you can say oh you know and we had mark on <laughs> and um yeah would you like would you like to join us yes. in this esteemed podcast yes. so i think
0: it's actually fantastic and obviously even though it's called the Lay's lounge because it's you and anna yeah. um in a lounge room in her lounge room literally mm-hmm. you you obviously not just focused on women, you interview a lot of
1: male leaders as well. Yes, we initially started out as as a platform and a voice for women. Um, You know, I'm very focused on on women's voices getting out there, which is why my business is very focused on that. But then with the Ladies' Lounge, we thought after a while, "Mm, maybe we should incorporate some men in here and so – so now it's not fifty fifty. it's still it's still probably seventy percent women. Uh, yeah, seventy percent women and thirty percent men. Yes. interesting. But I've enjoyed
0: so many, they're such varied people, and I think that's what the platform really allows you to do have exposure to different mindsets, different people, um I guess, different levels of success mm. and draw upon them as well as I guess be a platform, as you say, for it's been unbelievable
1: audience. it's been amazing i mean you know the with my book i had one strategy and that was to build you know my tribe for that for the bba which i'm doing and with this this was kind of more about personal brand and and being able to get connected with these really interesting people and sit down and then have leveraged conversations through the platform and it was just um it's just been fantastic you know it's been so amazingly good. And, and sort of people always say, you know, oh, do you get money from the podcast? Well, we get indirect money because you have people who then approach you to work with you one-to-one, um, you know, on, on a podcast that they want to do. I just had two this week you know
0: exactly it's a great chance to kind of as you say like widen your tribe and i guess bring in other people because those guests also have their own tribe so yes
1: yes into that as well it's amazing yeah i really recommend it folks out there
0: (laughs) everyone get onto the podcasting world
1: so for your own from your
0: own experience do you have any mentors inspirational figures that you've kind of drawn a lot of ideas from. You don't have to name them but, you know, there's often we haven't done this on our own. None of us have if we've had any business or career success. So I guess who who would they be and, you know, what have they really taught you in business and in life?
1: Okay. So – Yes, I've always been of the idea that having mentors is really important. Um, So in the early days, I I had some one-to-one mentoring for a few months with Julia Bickerstaff, and she was really great. When I was starting out in business probably four years ago, um, with the studios, and she was she was great. I, I, saw, I spotted her on Crossy's Business Builders and thought, oh, I like her, and I'll just, you know, get in touch with her. And then over the years I've that's had. Very,
0: that's very millennial of you just to think, I'll just contact that person on TV. Oh, because, yes, like,
1: yes. Someone of my vintage, we'd be like,
0: oh, no, they won't speak to me. I'm not going to do that. I'll just wait to have to meet them one day. I think
1: she was quite taken aback. Yes, yeah, she was like, oh, oh, yes, okay, we could organise that. Yeah, um, but so that was fun. And then I, um most recent mentor I've had is is Christina Guidotti, who's um, she mentored me for about three months, one to one, very high level um, thought leadership mentoring, which was fantastic. Wow, she was amazing. Um, she's in that thought leaders space, and then. Um, Chantelle Duffield, who who um, runs an incredible online business called Studio Expansion, so it is in the performing arts space, she is the one who introduced me to the whole world of online. I was a bricks-and-mortar person and um, a couple of years ago I did a partnership with her um, with my book and, my, and our two tribes connecting and we did a JV thing and a wholesale and a whole bunch of things. And she... Um, yeah, she just taught me this whole world of online stuff that I had no idea about. You know, building your, your tribe and um, online programs and exposing yourself further and globally. And so, she's been a fantastic person. She's amazing. And then, from an inspirational um, level, who people who I don't know would be Marie Forleo. I did her course, and I just think she's a very polished a very polished presenter. And, yes, um, and she
0: has a big sort of following too. It's, it sounds like you're sort of tapping into people at different levels and stages, which yes. I think is a valuable part of the mentoring process.
1: Oh, yeah, and I, I really agree that, you know, think that people do need mentors. And then um, we just interviewed Jack DeLosa that was released today. I've always followed Jack's work. Um, I think he's a really interesting young bloke mixing kind of spirituality with you know, strong, enterprising business uh, skills and training. So, you know, his book *Unprofessional* was was a you know, I've highlighted like every page in that. It was amazing. Um yes. And then creatively, Liz Gilbert, Elizabeth Gilbert.
0: Yes. Oh, of course, and and um, we've all enjoyed so much of her books, and I've seen her speak, and um, she yeah. definitely she she embodies everything she says which I think is an important part of that authenticity piece with the mentors and inspirational figures we we look up to oh
1: yeah and she's such an ambassador for creativity
0: she is exactly exactly so just to close off um our podcast time together if you could sort of share some of your tried and true steps or sort of a top three or top five practical tips that the audience could draw upon and the idea of the business of uh, the politics of business
1: creativity what what would they be? So one of the first things would be if we're doing top three tips to uh, be quite experimental in business so so when I talk to uh, clients about uh, using their creativity I do talk about being quite experimental with your marketing and with your ideas because people can get quite attached to things and then get upset if they don't work. Yes.
0: So is that the idea some ways of experimenting? And I've heard other entrepreneurs talk about fail. If you're going to fail, fail fast and move on in a way, like yes. if something doesn't
1: work. Yeah, and I think the idea of experiments uh, just takes a bit a bit of heat off it. So you can sort of think oh, I'm launching a new, you know, a new project or something uh, and I, I don't know if it's going to work. So it's not a tried and true thing that you've been doing for five years or something. It's a new thing. Um, so I'm not going to throw, you know, masses of, you know, massive ad spend or all these other things. I'm going to do it a bit lean. I'm going to experiment. I'm going to ask a few people. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to see what happens. And if over, you know, a month or three months it's not great or, you know, a couple of people did it and they you know weren't that keen or it, it just didn't land very well i think you just sort of can say oh that's all right um we'll just sort of redirect you know
0: that's right and i think we can now we can we can sort of you know pivot ourselves very quickly and nimbly yes. and i often think it's part of the exciting part of the journey in some ways that not everything works and you can reflect on that and learn from that too
1: Oh yeah, totally. And I mean, the, the, um, the ladies lounge, that was a complete and utter experiment. I mean, we just said, you know, no one really knows us and, you know, he's going to want to come on our show. (laughs) You know, it was very, very sort of grassroots and, and very humble. And, um, and we just said, look, we'll do it for, you know, uh, I don't know, several episodes and we'll just see what happens. And, um, you know, so so that's what happened. That took
0: off from there, and I suppose is yeah. there any other sort of pieces of advice? Oh yeah,
1: um, I would. I love s- the
0: idea of experimenting. I think that's powerful. Yeah.
1: So number one, experimenting. Number two would be consistency. So consistently. So in in terms of with your work being um, being pretty prolific, I do see a direct correlation with you know response in the market to your consistency. So this is why I talk to people about, you know, if you're going to do a podcast, you know, you want to aim to do it weekly. Um, you've got people out there who do daily podcasts. Goodness me, you know, we don't want to. Wow, that must be their full-time job. I know, it, I know. For a it's, lot of us, it's pod, we podcast and we do other things. Exactly. You know, and podcast, it's like how much stress do we want in our lives anyway? So I think once a week is great. Um, for your podcast and your newsletter and also um, once a day if you're using face if you're using Instagram you want to be consistent on there you know daily I, I think is good. Um, and well, whatever your channel is if it's LinkedIn you might want to be making sure you're doing your published post, um, you know, once a week. Again, that consistency because again, it's almost like on a subconscious level as well. People, people see that and they they just get the trust building um, from from your consistent work. So they see your brand, they they build trust, they and they know what you're about. Um, it's amazing. We go to events and people go, "Oh, it's the you know, you're from the ladies' lounge. Oh yeah, you know, I listen to that or something." So it's 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 amazing. And you know, same with the weekly newsletter. You know, I just got a lovely email this morning about, oh, you know, that idea that you sent me um, about primary values. Which was my recent one. Um, wow, that had me thinking today, you know. And so you're just making an impact on people. It's about your influence, and I think if you're building, if you're building that influence, you can really change people's lives. So that would be number two, the consistency. Um, and then uh, number three would probably be boundaries. So um, n- not chasing too many things, and because it goes back to the simplify thing. Um, uh reading reading the one thing and essentialism if you're feeling a bit um yeah. if you're feeling a bit sort of pulled in several directions in your business um to to yeah to have some boundaries you know and even boundaries on you know going and joining too many things or going to too many events or any of this. Um, again, you you know, you might just cut that back and I'm just gonna go to one event a week. I think it's good to get out there, fantastic. Depending on your business. Of
0: course, um, but I, I see yeah. what you're saying. You need to you need to really yes. I think plan ahead and think well what's gonna what's the impact? If I'm out three nights a week, does that mean that in the morning I'm gonna be tired or I won't be as creative or yes. whatever it might be. You've kinda gotta know yourself, I think too.
1: Yeah, so reining reining things in and, and then also always analysing. So my fourth one is is always analyzing you know um so i went to those three events and how did how did i go there you know um did i meet some really interesting people have some interesting conversations that you know um not even that they're going to lead sales but you know were, was it a, a fascinating did i get something did i give something you know so always analyzing um why why doing things i think is is critical yeah Yeah, I think
0: that's fantastic advice. Well, it's been awesome to have you on The Politics of Everything. Mm -hmm. This is Emma Franklin-Bell we're speaking to. There'll be some show notes with some details of how to reach out to her, but you've been listening to The Politics of Business Creativity on my podcast, The Politics of Everything. And if you do love this program, please make sure you rate us and like us. And until next time, please keep well. Thanks for listening today. If you've enjoyed The Politics of Everything, we thrive on feedback. So please add a short review and share the podcast with your network and your friends and family. I'm also always on the hunt for fabulous new guests. So if you've got a view to share and an idea how to get our listeners excited, please email me at amber at bespokecoms, that's dot and we'll be sure to get back to you. Until next time.